It's time for the LaneCast with Montana's very own Talkin' Ag, Lane Nordland, your voice for agriculture. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Agriculture Conversation here on the LaneCast Ag Podcast. Today is a very special show as it features the Secretary of the Interior, David Bernhardt. I had the opportunity to sit down with him near Great Falls, Montana, at the conclusion of the 51st Annual Public Lands Council meeting. He discussed multiple issues that impact ranchers across the entire western United States. And now we'll take time to thank the sponsor of today's podcast. We'll be back after this. Your National Cattlemen's Beef Association knows there's what benefits cattlemen and there's what doesn't. Trade, the farm bill, technology and conservation. The decisions being made in Washington affect the life of each and every cattleman. When it comes to the issues, there's simply no room for gray area. To us, it's as clear as black and white. Visit joinncba.org to learn more. Mr. Secretary, welcome to Montana. First time as the Secretary of Interior. What's it like coming up here? This is the 51st annual meeting of the Public Lands Council. You'll be interacting with uh, ranchers from Western states, uh, part of the multiple use strategy of our nation's public lands. What's it like traveling up here today and interacting with them? Well, it's absolutely great to be here. Um, you know, I grew up in the West. Anytime I can get out here and uh, see some open space, I feel a lot better. Um, and then to, to visit with folks that uh, work uh, the land and care about natural resources and, uh, and, and conservation um, is important to us. And so we're looking forward to having some discussion tonight. So when you interact with these ranchers, obviously you can relate to them. Be being from Colorado, understanding these issues, what's your key message going to be to them? What the work that you do and your, your team out in Washington, D.C., what do you want them to know, all that you do for them? What, what's that key message going to be? Well, the reality is um, for everything we do, um, uh, the folks that work uh, the land and um, and raise uh, livestock, uh, particularly those that uh, engage in public land grazing, they're important partners for us. They're important partners, whether it's uh, reducing fuel loads, uh, managing the range well, and we want to be good neighbors. Uh, the reality is when we look at conserving species, uh, that requires the support of private property owners as well as the federal government. And so we, uh, you know, that at the end of the day is the fundamental question. We want to be a good neighbor with you and uh, we want to manage our lands appropriately. When it comes down to managing, what are some of those tools and strategies that the department is utilizing and maybe looking at to make sure that we have viable, healthy rangelands and viable, healthy rural communities along with that? Well, you know, we look at things like outcome-based uh, grazing to have more flexibility for the permittee, but also do, um, do um, more for the land in certain uh, ways that's actually positive. And so um, that's something we look at. We look at how they can be partners for reducing fuel load as we uh, deal with um, very significant fire threats. And so we can work with them quite collaboratively. Um, you know, at the end of the day, um, the agriculture activities um, are very consistent with uh, migration corridors for wildlife, things like that. Now you bring up wildlife, of course, the Endangered Species Act. We're in the shadows of the Rocky Mountain front here. And of course, the, the grizzly bear inhabits uh, that, that landscape. What, what is the department doing to ensure that uh, we have a healthy, recovered population, but also 
addressing those concerns uh, of ranchers of, of private and public land? Well, we recently went through a process of looking at the experiences we have in administering the act over um, a lengthy period of time, and we've gone through and modernized some of the provisions in our existing regulations. And we've done that to, number one, make them more effective uh, and work better, sanding some rough edges uh, to the regulations that created um, some awkwardness. For example, we're making very clear that listing a species and delisting a species is based on exactly the same uh, factors and considerations. That should make it easy to, easier to address those species that have been recovered. We also um, have created ways to tailor our regulations for threatened species to focus on those things that are problematic while not um, causing problems for those things that aren't. And so um, we think by doing that, we can have greater partnering um, on items like uh, collaborating on open space and agriculture. Now in Montana, we have conservation groups uh, that, that acquire land and they also acquire public lands, grazing allotments as well. What's your message to uh, ranchers that to have livestock that are cattle and those that have bison? Uh, what, what's your message to those cattle producers ensuring that they will have the same rights that will be protected and maybe not overlooked uh, fr from other groups in the state uh, that uh, maybe have some different objectives from livestock producers? So, you know, we're, that's obviously specifically under review, but the, my, my bottom line is this, that uh, no one should lose any sleep at night thinking that we want to take away a community's opportunity or uh, a rancher's opportunity. We realize fully how important it is economically for communities to have um, strong economies, and those economies are based on the diversity of economic activity, and we want... Um, we want there to be uh, ranchers thriving uh, throughout this country. And so with that, you're, you're confident in saying to, to our, our ranchers that weren't able to make it to this conference and hear your comments tonight that, that you were hearing their concerns and, and that they will have a viable future on public lands as, as that's, grazers. That's absolutely the goal. We view them as a critical um, and important component of, of working the land that we actually manage. And of course, a lot of producers out here and outdoor enthusiasts uh, are actually eager when, uh, to see a, a possible movement of BLM personnel to the West. L L could you talk more about that and, and how it's important to have a Western voice? Let's just maybe talk about that transition. Well, I think it's really important to recognize um, we have a lot of folks in Interior that are just really great folks. Um, but we do have some challenges. And one of those challenges is we don't have enough resources in the field. So we've just gone through an exercise of looking at um, our headquarters and we asked two very simple questions. The first question was, um, if we had a job that wasn't filled, did we even need that job? And we, in doing that analysis, we realized that we had a whole bunch of jobs um, that we didn't really need. And we've reallocated the resources from those jobs west to put in field offices to beef up the troops on the ground. The other thing we did is our lease is coming due in DC. And so we asked a second question. If um, the job was a necessary job, where was the best place in the country for it to be done? And here's something we found out that was really interesting. For example, um, our wild horse and borough leadership for the Department of the Interior, where do you think they're located? Uh, Washington, DC. 
But do you know there are very few wild horses or burrows in Washington, D.C.? So we've, we've moved that leadership, we, you know, those positions. We're moving those positions a little closer to the problem. We have a lot of things like that that as we went through, we said let's optimize the, the support that our people are providing on the ground. I'm a big believer that if you walk an area um, and know it, uh, you make a fundamentally better decision than if it's a speck on the map. And so I fundamentally believe that getting um, our folks out here, getting them uh, to see what's happening on the ground can really eliminate a lot of misunderstanding. We had an exercise about a year ago where some DC folks that are in charge of writing our regulations wrote a regulation and we sent it to the field to have it reviewed. The field couldn't comprehend the regulation, which says there's a big disconnect, and that's what we're trying to fix. Now, also, th there's ranchers out there that have a, a, a great, easy time w working with those uh, with those agencies and going through uh, government regulations and processes. But there's also a lot of struggles with NEPA. Can, can you talk about uh, the current state of NEPA and where the administration would like to go with it? So we've uh, we've made a lot of progress um, with NEPA from when it gets to Washington and when it gets out um, in the Federal Register. And what we've done is dramatically changed the process. We go about reviewing things. And my goal ultimately is that the folks on the ground will have more authority and accountability to get NEPA documents out. And if they can do that, that will, that will save a lot of time. We've already moved from an average in Washington, D.C. clearance from 199 days to an average of 32. And we're just going to keep, we need to be predictable for people. Um, you know, they, they ask for an answer from the Department of the Interior. We need to be predictable. We may say no, but uh, we need to move, move with dispatch. And that's the culture we're trying to ingrain within the department. How about any other accomplishments that the department has accomplished in, in the last uh, few years? Well, you know, I'm, I, I think when you look at what the president has done, um, he's done something that was really pretty incredible. And he's basically said, he said to the American people, these are the things I'm going to do. And then uh, he turned to his cabinet agency and, and basically said, go do the stuff I told the American people I was going to do. And he's, he's holding us accountable for doing that. And I think the record, when you look at it, is pretty incredible. Um, there are more uh, uh, help wanted signs around this country than I've ever seen in my life. Uh, the economy is uh, very strong. Unemployment is at hysteric lows across the board. And so I think um, uh, the direction he's given um, is one that is working. And he's enabled agencies like ours. He said, go hit the target. And he's enabling us to do that and giving us the tools to do it. So I'm pretty excited about the future. Well, what's your message uh, to those living here in rural America going off of that economic success, uh, your investment into, into making sure that we have thriving communities here and utilizing and, and, uh, and benefiting from those public lands? Well, this, um, this president fully understands uh, that communities need to have opportunity. And, um, and what that means is that we're, we're trying to avoid putting up uh, no trespassing signs. Is there anything else that you would like to share with Montanans and, and ranchers here across the West here today, Mr. Secretary? Well, what I would say is uh, uh, we're, we're moving into Public Lands Day uh, this Saturday, actually. So whatever you do, whether you're a recreator, uh, a horseback rider, 
uh, a cross-country skier or, or just somebody who loves being outside, I'd say get out and enjoy our public lands. They're the greatest, um, the greatest idea um, American legislators had and we can all utilize them. And that, that is an important opportunity for people to get out and go do. Again, thank you very much for tuning in to this special edition of the LaneCast. We'd like to thank the Department of Interior and Secretary of the Interior, David Bernhardt, for taking time out of his busy schedule to talk with us about the issues that impact ranchers in the West and public lands access as well. That's all the time we have for today. Make sure and tune in next time. I'm Lane Nordland. Thank you for tuning in to the LaneCast with Talkin' Ag, Lane Nordland. For more on Lane, check out his Facebook page, Lane Nordland Ag Broadcaster and NordlandCommunications.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the LaneCast on your Apple or Android devices. We look forward to joining you next time on the LaneCast.